1: The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Craftick, and other surprise co-hosts. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I have a question for you, Julie.
0: When was the last time you kept a journal? Um, High school? (laughs) What did you write in your journal? Probably really dumb stuff. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Like crushes and all that stuff, right? Probably. I was back in my parents' house and I found my journal from high school. And I, I remember writing about this boy at church and I, I, I'm not religious, but I went to my friend's church because I really liked this boy and the entire journal is about him. Wow. And he had no idea who I was. <laughs> That's how sad this journal was. But have you ever kept a journal about your sex life?
0: No, I have not. No, at <laughs> all? you? Yes, I have. Oh, I actually have an
1: anonymous blog about my sex oh, life. Great. I forgot about that. <laughs> but you know what? There are benefits to that. There are, I actually see benefits to what I wrote in my sex blog, and that was just from a one person's perspective. But our guests today, they're a couple, uh, Lavina and Caleb. They've kept a sex journal of their sex life, and now they've turned the sex journal into something that any couple can use. So guys, are you there? <laughs> are you guys busy having sex? I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> not quite. We're here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yay.
2: Are you guys journaling right now?
1: Yeah, they come up <laughs> no. for air. We've yes. got Caleb and Lavina here. I'm going to just give you guys a little introduction so our listeners have an idea of who you are. Caleb is 31. He lives in Brooklyn. He's been there for five years, originally from Hampton, Virginia, and he's currently in a monogamous relationship with Lavina. Lavina is 28 years old. She also lives in Brooklyn, born and raised in New York. They started out as friends. So this is what they wrote to us. They started out as friends and then started dating and then started banging. (laughs) And as part of this sexual um, experience with each other, they started a journal of their sex life, which eventually transformed both of their sex life and relationship. I'm dying to hear about how this journaling process comes about. But first of all, when you guys started dating, who had the idea of journaling?
2: I'm giving all the credit to Lavina. Um,
3: I said the words. I said the words. But it really took the two of us to make it. It was up a in.
2: team effort, but it was Lavina's final decision. It was her empty moleskin on her bookshelf in her bedroom and bedsty that, <laughs> that we ended up uh, actually originally journaling in. So,
0: for someone that's never kept a sex journal, because I think I'm the only one in this conversation, yeah, what is. What is different between a sex? Like, what exactly goes into the sex journal? Yeah, what's journal? a sex journal? Yeah,
1: what are is there it? diagrams involved? Is it different? <laughs>
3: than a cultural? Like, tell us about it. That was our original thought. We really thought we were going to make like the new guide to having amazing sex, like illustrations. It should be at this time. This is the right vibe music. Much more what, scientific. <laughs> like the millennials guide to having the greatest sex ever. Right. Um, and what ended up happening was we took one day about a month into our relationship or we having amazing sex and we sort of looked at each other and we we're like, what's making our sex so great? Like, how do we figure this out? And we both journaled a lot. Caleb journaled almost every morning and had this like morning pages routine. And I was more like spotty, sort of like five minutes in the morning, jotting things down if I could. Um, But we both really loved doing that. So we just took a journal, split it up, and decided that after we had sex, we would each write down our reflections without showing the other person, but in the same book, um, and then read them out loud to each other. And then whatever conversation came up, we would take notes. It really wasn't what we expected. From our very first conversation, we were really shocked about how much we had to learn about our own bodies, about each other's bodies, about our experiences, and now over a year later that's still the case. We're still reflecting, we're still learning, and it's still opening up doors for us like every single time we do it.
1: Just for a little backstory, how long were you guys friends before you started dating?
2: About seven months or so, six or seven months.
1: Okay, and Can I ask for you to read a page or two from the early (laughs) entries? (laughs) I'd like to know what was being said. (laughs)
3: <laughs> we'd have to find it we have to find our our first journal we don't have it on us right now it's somewhere in the house but we can tell you what our first entry was yes because yes we went we know we
2: know it pretty well this yeah, okay. yeah
3: we, so we just made a journal for other couples to use and in the process we kind of went back and we we're like let's reread what we learned in the very beginning and see what we were dealing with. And I had this like vague, like foggy recollection of sitting in a room with Caleb and having written something that was like, wow, this was amazing. It was really connected. Like we really get each other and this is so beautiful. And I looked at Caleb and was like, here, babe, take (laughs) the book. (laughs) Do
2: you want to pick it up from here? And I, part of the practice is, you know, so she wrote first and then she covered her her thing, her right. Um, oh, so we had no
1: idea. So I had so no idea. So independent of each other, right.
2: Right. So she wrote first and then she handed me the book and covered her entry. So I had no idea. I didn't want to be overly vulgar. Maybe she hated it. I didn't want to say <laughs> I loved it. if She hated it. Maybe she loved it. I didn't hope I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? So I was like, I was kind of petrified and I was like, so you're saying I can write anything
0: but you, write. What do you write, okay, not. And I'm like,
2: but you're sure anything like any and I, I probably asked that question no joke five times like because I was like I don't think you understand and so what I wrote was like okay fine I'll write the first thing that comes to my mind and I wrote that I prefer to have less ball stimulation than more ball stimulation ah! and
3: he wrote it like
2: three times <laughs> and I mean you cut a you cut a small moleskin in half we were each working with like 12 lines I wrote the same thing three times in three different. Wow. them. What was so powerful about that is that I have never been able to articulate that or I don't, I don't even think, I think I probably realized it, but the moment when she said that I could actually go back, I had full permission to go back and think about our time just having sex. The one thing that stuck out, stuck out was like, oh man, you know, actually, I don't really like having a lot of attention on my testicles.
0: That's so interesting. Wow. I,
1: guess... I would just assume guys love that. <laughs> Me too. Oh. Yeah. I mean, can we just set the scene here? So when you guys wrote these entries and then you revealed it to each other finally without knowing what the other person said, what was that moment like when Lavina was like, We were so connected, it was so beautiful, and yeah. Caleb was like, Stop touching my balls. This oh. is
3: like a month into our relationship, and we're in like my cozy little nook of a bed in bedside with like <laughs> (laughs) snowing outside and we're cuddling and
2: so she read so then after i wrote she reads what she wrote and so i hear what she (laughs) which is like this beautiful like soliloquy of you know like romantic sex i was like oh shit i like really my entry is so much more just (laughs) to the point and like body focused. And so when I had the opportunity to read it, it was easier to share that because I had already written it down than if I would have just like tried to bring that up in a conversation. Like this, again, this is the very first century. I think this is really what demonstrated the power of this practice for us and kind of made us be like, oh shit, like this is much more impactful than I think we could have ever imagined. In that moment, I really got to see that I had an opportunity to share something I never shared ever in my life. And I had a partner who gave me full permission to share it and
0: was open to listening to me. So what changed in your sex life after you guys started doing this?
3: A lot. (laughs) Because your sex
1: life was already good. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was great. It was great. It was really, really great and we were calling it
0: cosmic sex <laughs> wait so cosmic sex was pre-journal pre-journal okay so post-journal what changed
3: it's hard to say what our relationship would have been without the journal because we have been doing this ever like pretty much since the very beginning of our relationship and i think what's really distinct about our relationship that is has not ever been the case for us for me and other relationships is we're extremely real with each other. That actually as terrifying as it can be sometimes is really what opens the door for us to connect really deeply, like in all the ways that's like seriously, that's playfully, that's like in the sense that everything is an experiment. Like our sex has become a testing ground for a relationship. So anything that we Mm. try in sex shows up in our relationship and our relationship has become a testing ground for our lives. Shifts in our sex life begins to shift in the rest of our life.
0: Wait, what's an example? Can yeah. you give one yeah. of like
3: <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So, I would imagine a lot of stereotypes would say the opposite about this, but I was the person that had trouble journaling. Caleb already had like years of journaling and like was doing all this self-discovery work and was really like working on being in touch with his emotions was just a really reflective person whereas like for me I spent most of my life being like okay just like keep going don't get like stuck on bad feelings and like my family didn't ever talk about feelings that was like an under the rug thing for me so when we started journaling like it was actually really challenging for me to say what I wanted. And it was really challenging for me to share my experiences. And it was really challenging for me Mm -hmm. even like, happened to how I felt about my experiences. When I started looking in the rest of my life, I realized like as much as I thought I was really outspoken in business and I was really an advocate for what I wanted in business, I found lots of instances with clients where I was just like resigned about my ability to like share what I wanted and share how I thought things should go. Interesting. Um, like a couple of months into journaling when I started taking everything a lot more playfully and treating everything as like a testing ground um, and like just throwing out ideas for what we could do. Like I found myself doing that in business also, and it actually made a huge impact.
1: And what were some of those ideas you threw in the bedroom?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I told you I want explicit details. Journaling has become, journaling about success about our sex life has become a cornerstone habit for us. So it's like actually made reflecting on and making our sex life fun a priority for us. So we've started doing monthly sex vacations where we'll- Mm. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, date, we'll date our way around new york city and like once we stayed in harlem once we did penn station like not in penn station no. <laughs> near penn
2: station
3: yeah wait 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 back we're, up
2: <laughs> we're not like we're not like role playing li- living on a,
0: on a train bench <laughs> so you guys will go to like random public places no i think there's a no, no, hotel, hotel. <laughs> I'm just kind of oh like run by the Penn Station. I was like, "Whoa, that's real. I would not want to have yeah. to Penn Station." I don't know it was about super y'all.
2: Super adventurous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it.
0: So your vacations are in New York, just different areas.
2: Different areas in New York, exactly. Got
0: it. So you yeah. get a hotel and such
2: yeah or like staying at the airbnbs things like that
3: and we'll kind of like sure the Airbnb loves that. yeah <laughs> well like kind of take on different characters and like date around the neighborhood like when we were staying in penn station <laughs> when we were staying near penn station we we're like tourists we went to what was it dallas barbecue <laughs> <laughs> <We got laughs> I, oh, I love that place it's just fun not to caleb's like dying over here but it's just fun not to take things so seriously i mean there's also like you know, just physically changing things up. Like I want to try being in different areas of the house. And like, Uh I want to play with tantra. I want to play with like looking each other in the eye. I want to play with like more serious practices, like more playful practices. Like we want to surrender. I don't know. Everything has become an adventure. And Mm -hmm. for me, at least like, because so many of the other areas of my life are so serious and I have to be so like, you know, buttoned up and ready to lead to be able to like be tourists on 34th. Actually, so amazing, and it's not expensive. It's not like this whole thing, but it's like a really fun way to like learn about each other and play and like have a different kind of experience. So, how did journaling like get you here?
0: Like, how did you decide? Like, I'm gonna go pretend to be a tourist. Like, how did that even come to be?
2: I think we became connected on another level um, because we got to share a lot of experiences with each other and a lot of like celebrations, insecurities, fears, like everything that we experienced, we were sharing with each other. So every time we had sex, it was another conversation. Those are conversations that we had never had previously with partners from my experience I would assume that a lot of people probably haven't had. And I, I I see from our relationship so much opening up, just like this this constant state of play. So if like sex is an adventure, then our entire relationship is an adventure. Like our lives are an adventure. So I, I really just think that it's it comes from connection. I think it comes from the connection that we built, uh, like this team partnership that really grew out of us getting to know each
3: other in like the, the most vulnerable way. Sex is one of the most intimate experiences that a human being can have. And by letting our guard down and journaling and sharing super vulnerably every time we were having sex, we were really like breaking down the barriers. And I think like ultimately we're both really silly people. And <laughs> <laughs> Like when we were able to let our guards down, like we could actually be ourselves.
1: I think it's just so crazy that for the business world, when we're at our jobs, we have so much feedback from our managers. And then we were always talking about how to improve and how to move up our career paths. But in sex and love, it's sort of the same thing, but yeah. we never give each other feedback or we rarely do. And so, like what well, you got, that example you guys gave the earlier entry, I just assume that all men like their balls bundled and (laughs) licked and cupped because nobody's ever told me that they didn't like it right but now I'm wondering how many guys were like could you just stop like I just want to tell her to stop but I don't know how in terms of the journaling because I want to get into the logistics of how you do it one is when do you journal I know you guys talked about like you should journal pretty shortly after you have sex, yeah, right, yeah. So you remember. Yeah. And two is, what are you journaling? Because from your, um, your example earlier, Caleb, you journaled what exactly went down and whether you liked it or not. It was very literal. And uh, Lavina, you journaled mm-hmm. how you felt after. So is there, do you, do two, two people have to be consistent in what they're journaling
3: to? So we recommend that you journal as soon as you can after sex. From a brain science perspective, your short-term memory is so short. So if you're mm-hmm. waiting like a couple mm-hmm. of hours, you're not going to remember. Like we've run into this multiple times before. You're just not going and remember the details.
2: For our, when we first started journaling, we were, as you pointed yeah. out, we were really just like, we had no idea what we were doing so we were just like writing writing. we were free writing basically (laughs) and and again like we have we as as lavina mentioned we have a ton of experience journaling between the two of us so and like also being pretty vulnerable so it wasn't weird for us just to be like oh yeah let's just write whatever comes up what we have created in a sex journal for couples is a much more um Uh, it's a structured, it's a structured, it's a structured framework. And so that covers writing down how you feel when you felt most turned on things that we want to take into the next time that we have sex together room for celebration, things that we want to celebrate.
3: So the journal is broken down into two major sections. We went from, the two of us went from free writing to having a structured journal or creating a structured journal because we loved the free writing and it opened up a lot for us. So we started telling our friends and our friends were all like, whoa, this is amazing. I've never heard of anything like this. I want to do it. And so we outlined the framework and we're like, you just get a moleskin, and this is what you do. And we probably gave that away to a hundred people and no one took us up on it. Everyone was like, I'm not sure. What do I write? How do I do this? What do you say?
1: And And it's handwriting too, which is, I think for a lot of people it's a little challenging.
3: It's a lot of work. It's a lot. There's there's a lot of like barrier to entry.
0: What compelled you to like want to get this out to other people?
3: Oh my god, we were so resistant to it at first. Like not because we didn't want to make a difference or share it, but because Caleb and I have never talked about sex publicly before this mm-hmm. year. Mm. And we realized it was sort of like one of those moments where we are like, please, someone else, <laughs> someone else take this idea and do this. What was happening for us was this journaling was allowing us to be really vulnerable and talk about super tough tab- things. And in that, we got to like have all this fun and create something like really magical for our relationship and to really actually share that with other people we would have to put in a lot of work and share all the intimate details of our relationship.
1: See, isn't that kind of the problem with our society today? There's yeah. like an internal conflict, right? On one hand, it's like sexual liberation, feel empowered by sex. On the other hand, just don't talk about it. And yeah. like, I feel like right. when I'm out with friends too, if I ask about their love lives, somehow their volume just drops and they're all of a sudden whispering to me, like they're, yeah. they're selling me drugs. And I'm not sure why. So that's probably, I can totally see why this would be really tough to bring into the public because it's bringing your sex life
3: into into the spotlight. And how did your families react to this? For me, like before I started working on this journal, I was already speaking a little bit about um, sex and culture. When we actually started working on this journal, that was sort of the first time I realized my career was taking a very sharp left turn and was (laughs) (laughs) didn't expect for a while I didn't tell my parents my parents are both Chinese um, Mm and they immigrated here and my mom gave me the sex talk when I was 23 so I was like
0: Here. <laughs> <laughs> here. Actually, my mom still doesn't talk about. Sex Actually, everything. yeah, I don't think I ever had the sex stuff. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So, so I was really like, I don't know what they're gonna think. They just wanted me to be a doctor, and like, <laughs> of course, this is you a know. virgin doctor until you. <laughs> <to kids>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was really afraid, and after a couple of months of what dodging questions about how my work was going and what I, what I was like focused on I distinctly remember one day I was I was on the phone with my dad and he was like what projects are you working on these days like because there's freelancing and I kind of like danced around it like yeah it's going great like it's I'm working I can't really tell you much about it and we hung up and I was like so dissatisfied with the conversation because I was just like trying to hide the whole time. So I called him right back and I said, dad, like I haven't been being honest with you and I haven't told you because I've been terrified of what you you would think. But I've really discovered that talking about sex makes a huge difference for people's lives. And Caleb and I have discovered this amazing way to help people do that. So we're working on a book all about that. Like I think it's going to make a huge difference for the next generations of women. That's like something super important to me. And he was silent for <laughs> <laughs> two silent years. For, yeah. <laughs> Still silent, right? Still now. silent. <laughs> I remember this. I was like standing in like Port Authority on the phone. He was silent for a couple of minutes and then said back to me, like, Okay, if you're really serious about making a difference for women and girls. You've got to be in touch with Oprah, and you should be reaching out to Michelle Obama. And I
0: I all in. Oh (laughs) wait!
3: Obviously, felt super compelled to like
0: deliver this message. Like, why do you think it's so hard for couples or people in general? to express their needs and like desires around sex. It's
1: time to take a break from this episode to celebrate the fact that spring has sprung and that means time to refresh your wardrobe. I've been having a ball with my new clothes from Mod Cloth with everything from fun florals and stripes to vibrant colors and shapes. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've been going to all these bachelorette parties and girls trips, so that means I need cute swimsuits and dresses. Also, I just told my friend who's getting married about Mod Cloth's bridal boutique with everything from from wedding gowns to bridesmaids dresses. So what's my favorite piece at the moment? Well, it would have to be this cute tank with dogs kissing on it. And it's so appropriately named the podcast co-host top. I love that ModCloth celebrates all women with sizes from double zero to 28. Their team of mod stylists have really helped me with styling and fit, and all complimentary. For dateable listeners only, get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. Go to modcloth.com and enter the code datable at checkout. That's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H dot com and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout, and you get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on July 6th of this year. Get on it. Now back to the show.
0: Why do you think it's so hard for couples or people in general to express their needs and like desires around sex? I mean,
3: who there's, teaches us how to do no that? language. There's nobody.
2: No, and I think that's what's, what's come up for Levine and I as well in, this, in, in journaling is that we didn't have the language to talk about it. And we had to kind of create that ourselves created what that look, looked like for us specifically in our relationship through a sex journal for couples. Um, and I think that that is the same struggle that most people deal with. There's not really like a framework for how we how we can talk about it.
0: So what was the most surprising thing that both of you learned about yourself or each other? Or if you want to share one of each, that would be super
3: interesting.
1: Be explicit. Be explicit. Just
0: <laughs> <laughs> we want all the details. <laughs>
3: i love caleb's butt and he hates that i love it why why did caleb why do you hate that he's super ticklish oh
2: (laughs) i'm super ticklish and uh it's just not something that i'm that i've ever been i mean again like i think this goes back to like what (laughs) i've learned i have been subject to in terms of a sex education and like how sex is and like i I just never knew that to be like a pleasure center
3: i think we heard that from a lot of men which has been super interesting like i'm sort of two-headed about this whole thing it's like on a macro level i'm like okay men have a thing about their butts mm. and then in my relationship i'm like oh, but this is just a pillow and I want to be like hanging out in there. Wait, wait, Lavina, you like
1: to, so when you were talking about the butt, you're talking about the butthole.
3: Not even like, I just like his butt cheeks. Like he is. Oh, you
1: just like being there.
3: (laughs) I can't even like, I can't get anywhere near the butthole yet.
1: You, okay. So you want to live in Caleb's butt. Like he is (laughs) so ticklish.
0: You cannot live there yet. <laughs> so how I have you guys so. like compromised on this? Or do you just like have it out of the open now that one of you uh, loves it? We have
3: safe words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. What
1: about for you, Caleb? What's something surprising you found out about Lavina? Other than that she loves your butt and wants to move. Yeah, in. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that's actually the most surprising thing. Like I never, you know, I I I don't I don't consider myself naive or, like, prudish by any stretch of the imagination, but, like, hearing about men who love, um, heterosexual men who love women touching or interacting with their butts all blew my mind. To have a partner who actually is into that has been, like, really just strange for me. And some
1: them- <laughs> I think that it just proves the point that sex is not one-size-fits-all. No. But for some reason, we hear there are these, like, commonalities, right? Like, men love getting their... played with. And um, women love it when you play with their clit or their G-spot. And everybody's so different. Like our bodies are physically different. So how can we expect that this is something we can apply to everyone? I will just announce right now, I'm not a big fan of oral sex receiving. I know. And it's (laughs) mind blowing for a lot of my girlfriends. They're like, what the fuck? I can only come what i 'm receiving, and i can 't it just it bothers me it interesting it yeah. do, I cannot focus it actually really bores me at times. <laughs> So it's good to get this out and it's good to let your partner know that this is my body and this is why I'm unique. You guys say in your Kickstarter video that obviously this journal has prompts in it that we've talked about it before, but you've also tapped into sex therapists, psychologists, and relationship coaches. Can you talk about that? How did you incorporate these experts?
3: We we really wanted to lean on experts for can you validate this concept? Is this going to actually help people? Or is there an opportunity for us to hurt people in our like naivety? Mm. Um, And then if it would be helpful to people, can you look at the structures that we're developing and give us some feedback on that and guidance and research that Mm. may um, support what we're doing? So we actually got feedback from a lot of different perspectives. I mean, from neuroscience says that writing and journaling makes a huge difference in opening up new neural pathways and Mm -hmm. helping people connect and be present and um, develop new habits to um, sex therapists saying like, yes, by the time couples get to us, like, often they're really struggling so first we want to see more preventative tools Mm -hmm. and second like we love what you're developing and the simplicity of it so we want to give this to our to our clients what Mm. was the
0: most interesting piece of advice or like findings that you had from one of them Uh, i
2: think what stands out Mm. the most to me is like is the validation is that everyone we talk i mean again like we're not sex therapists we are not experts. We just, we, we started this practice on our own for our relationship. When we shared what we were doing with these experts, they were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's, (laughs) and it really shows that it comes back down to to communication and connection.
3: Yeah. Um, Something I found super fascinating is when we started sharing this project, we were just like, who resonates with this? Who wants to try it? Like what stage of relationship people are in and like how they see tool like this benefiting their lives and like we asked people to fill out a really simple form and tell us why they wanted to use it and we'd send them a mini copy and i noticed that we um heard back from a lot of new parents who Mm. were starting to struggle in their relationships because of body changes because schedules were really wrecked like they did not expect what being a new parent meant. And that was like really dramatically impacting their intimacy. So they were like reaching out to us and really wanted to try the journal and they found it super helpful. Um, And a few months after this test, actually I think just a few months ago we connected with a sexologist who like for me as a woman gave me a really interesting perspective on that relationship that we like hadn't really dived into with the people who had tested the journal yet, which was that especially for new mothers, um, there's this like very interesting phenomenon in heterosexual couples where new mothers are put in this like non-sexual category by yeah mm-hmm. even their partners. There's this really challenging dynamic to navigate, which is like simultaneously, my body's really different it really hurts my hormones are all over the place and my partner's treating me differently how do i build my relationship so interesting oh, that's
1: fascinating because when i first learned of your sex journal i thought it's really for new couples you know in the beginning yeah. of a relationship you're just trying to get to know each other what you like but it's really at phases of a relationship that yeah. you would keep
0: reusing the same journal. I was going to ask, like, when do you think it's more difficult to do? Because I could <laughs> see, like, a new relationship. You're like, I don't know this person. I'm not fully comfortable. Yeah. But then someone, like, that you've had a lot of history with, like, you're like, you yeah. might already know, like, you, you think they already know what you like. So there's, yeah. like, that, like, side of things that you don't want to be offensive or all of that. What are your thoughts on when? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, we actually, it's funny. I mean, we had a, when we put that post up about the survey, we had one person on our Instagram who commented, say something like, what could you all possibly know? Like you're, you're young, you've been dating for a year, barely. Like, (laughs) what could you possibly have to offer? Like, I I have a child, I've been married for a number of years. And before we even saw that comment, someone else completely random responded to their comment and said, well, what do you have to lose? I mean, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you try this out, what could you possibly find out about yourself and about your partner and about your sex life? And that person, the, the first person responding again, like, that's actually a great point. And tried the journal out and a week or two later came back to us they were like holy shit like i totally learned something new i totally learned something Mm -hmm. i I hadn't seen before so i I always think that we're we're constantly changing as human beings and so there's always an opportunity for growth
1: but when is it too early to start journaling i mean obviously you're not gonna do like a tinder one-night stand and be like dude
0: Dude, get journal get out. your journal out. Tell, tell me how my performance was <laughs> but, hey you never know you could totally do it it could be like a random sample. Like, you never know
2: yeah. <laughs> we've had people like actually say they want to do that they're like i can't wait <laughs> so i can do it like on a first date like the first <laughs>
3: there's yeah. no
0: time that's too early
3: <laughs> what's uh, yeah i, I mean, think not yeah. like we started about a month into our relationship we've had i've i've Personally, talk to people who are in their like 60s and 70s, and at every stage of life, like there's something different day to day. Things change, and so having a habit like this is an investment in your connection to yourself and your sexuality, and also an investment in sexuality and your connection in your relationship.
0: How do you spin it instead of being like, "There's something wrong with our sex life"? (laughs) We need to do a journal. What would you suggest saying?
3: yeah well i think um you know there really are two kinds of couples primarily that end up being interested in the journal there are people for whom like they're struggling and they need help. Definitely a lot of the new parents that we talk to are like, we're not in a good place. And then the other kind of couple that we talk to are like, we're having amazing sex. Like we love all (laughs) kinds of things. Like let's do this. And for both kinds of couples, like at the end of the day, you got to look at why you're in the relationship. You are in this relationship to have something great in your life, right? Like no one, no one enters and stays in a relationship to have it suck. To have your relationship be great. It takes some work. I always recommend approaching it from hey, I really want to have an amazing connection with you and I found this great tool that can make a difference and let us check in and begin to experiment with what works for us and what we want to stop doing. Would you be up to give that a shot? If your partner says yes, amazing. If your partner says maybe, it's all a conversation, right? You can start Mm -hmm. at one entry test it out, and if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, that's fine. If your partner says no, like we've had some people who have tested pilot versions of the journal out and come back to us and said, hey, I brought it up with my partner, they said no and we broke up because I realized we were on different pages about how committed we were to this. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like another version of expressing your needs.
0: One of the things I think always comes up is that sex is a barometer for the overall relationship Mm -hmm. and the importance of sex plays into the happiness of the overall relationship and the importance of communication and sex plays into communication in the overall relationship. How do you think journaling has impacted your relationship overall.
2: Um, the way that we are communicating our sex life and outside of our sex life is uh, at a level that I don't think either of us have ever really experienced. It's just a, It's a lot of fun. It, yeah. we're, we're having a lot of fun with each other and not taking things so seriously.
3: I think it's almost like this, what's underneath both of those things, that like fun and that that playfulness and like exploration and adventure, like what's underneath that is this really deep level of trust. Um, <laughs> probably discovered this in the first few months and it took us a while to articulate it having the experience of like writing down something that is so terrifying to you and reading it out loud to a partner and having them say okay well cool. mm. what can we do with that is so transformative that has become one of the like primary experiences one of the like pillars of this whole project like we always 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 want to give people that experience of being able to share something really vulnerably that they didn't think they could share and have people receive it. And I think that builds this deep trust that gives people permission and has really given me permission to be my full self in this relationship and in our sex life. And sometimes that looks really stupid and silly and other times that <laughs> looks like, like serious and playful and adventurous. I have total freedom because I trust. Mm.
1: In case you didn't know, we're in some sort of sex drought right now. So according to this article, <laughs> (laughs) the Atlantic. Uh, There's numerous research studies to point to the fact that people are having less sex, especially millennials, and people who are having sex are having um, lower frequency of sex. And Part of the reason in this article, there's so many different uh, reasons for it, but one of them would be that people just are so accustomed to having mediocre sex Mm -hmm. that they kind of assume the alternative is better, which is like masturbation, watching porn, or playing video games, or being on social media, because you get more satisfaction from that. And I think the reason why we are in the sex drought that we're in it's because we don't know what good sex is. I, I don't think a lot. I think a lot of us don't sit down um, and with our thoughts and think, "What is good sex? Was that actually good sex? Did I enjoy it?" And I don't know about you, Julie, but after sex, I'm always so compelled to talk about it. I always want to talk about it, mm-hmm. and I feel like most of the time, my partner is like, "I just want to sleep. <laughs> I don't even want to think right yeah. now." Yeah. But there's something about that connection of post-quadal like you're just like trying to be vulnerable and trying to talk about like this is something we just shared just between the two of us Mm -hmm. and let's talk about like what was so amazing and what wasn't the that conversation isn't being had. But now with journaling, you can have it more like in your own thoughts of handwriting it. And then you can share it with your partner, which I think will help with a sex drought. I'm yeah. really
0: hoping. I think that's a good segue to takeaways because I'd love to discuss kind of just some of our overall thoughts about this whole conversation?
1: Mm. Sex is a part of every aspect of a relationship. So I say this because a lot of people like to separate sex from everything else. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, our relationship is really great. We're not having sex, but our (laughs) other aspects are great. And that's not really the case. I think sex really infiltrates every other aspect of your your relationship as well as your pers- your personal and professional lives too i think when you're really connected to your partner. You're having amazing sex and you're killing it at work too. And you're you know, yeah. having deeper conversations and relationships with your friends and family because it does open you up and make you more vulnerable and more um, eager to share. So I, I think my takeaway is even if you don't do the journaling, it is just about communicating more of yeah. what you like and
0: what makes you feel good. Yeah. I think my takeaway is like, there's been so many times on the show, even that we've talked about being vulnerable and what does that mean in a relationship? And sometimes people will be like, I have sex, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. But then other times they'll be like, (laughs) what's an example of like a way I can like communicate. I think there's somewhere in the middle that's a hybrid. And I loved the points of the fact that you got better at communicating with your partner about sex translated to other areas of your relationship. The more just like open communications we can have about things that are uncomfortable, whether it's sex, whether it's needs in other areas of your relationship, the more the overall relationship can thrive or you can make the steps to make.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we should start talking about sex more and and stop substituting that word sex with something else, like doing the dirty deed or like <laughs> we're banging or doing, no, let's just say sex. Why can't we talk about sex the way we talk about getting coffee?
0: Right.
1: It needs to be normalized and we shouldn't be ashamed of of the sex that we're having.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact, like how it kind of brought down, like it made you guys more aware of your personalities. Like the fact that you guys did those Dates that you were tourists and all yeah. of that. Like, if you didn't have that conversation, like maybe one of you would have been like, oh, that could be fun, but you might have been scared to bring it up to your partner because you'd be like, is that dumb? Or, Are they going to laugh at me? Like, all of that. But the more you're like, just out in the open about what turns you on, what turns you off, what you want to try, what you don't want to try, I think you could just get on the same page and see what those shared experiences could be that really would excite both of you. Totally. And do you guys have any takeaways? I know you did this whole thing, but anything from this conversation or any parting words to
3: folks? I think someone said this to us the other day and it like really struck me. So she said to us after hearing what I said about um, how my work started shifting because of the way that our sex was shifting, she said, if you can speak up in the bedroom, you can speak up in the boardroom. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's so good, isn't it? So it's, it's not so just good. Yeah, it's not just like if you speak up in sex, your relationship will transform. Sex is power. So if you can speak mm. up in sex, you can start to speak up everywhere else in your life. I really like that because
1: it is helping you to practice verbalizing your needs, yep, which
0: is something we can all work on. Totally. Caleb any thoughts from you?
2: I mean, honestly like I kind of just want to leave it at that because like I I tr- I'm truly still basking in that in that quote as well. Um, Fair I just guess- I will add, though, is just that, like, the level of playfulness that can exist in sex is, like, mm. mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I've really gotten to see that over the last year, and it's made sex a, such a, an amazing thing. Such an amazing thing to, to, to experience.
1: Quick question. Where do you keep your sex journals?
2: Can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Because as soon as you come over to our house, you're going to look for it. <laughs> could, your,
1: could your grandkids one day find them
2: <laughs> very easily? Um, no, they're on they're on a bookshelf in our room.
1: You said your old journals are somewhere in the house, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah. How long how long
1: do you think it would take to find them? Because I would love for each of you to read a random page from each other's journal.
3: <laughs> All
2: right, I,
1: I we think can i go
3: take a quick look. I think I don't if you this. can, like, hang yeah. on for yeah, like, we'll hang yeah. out. Okay. Cool. Okay. Oh yeah, we got it.
2: We got it. Yes. Okay, so we'll each read one of our entries. Is that right?
3: Um, each
1: other's. So switch. Yeah, switch journals. Flip to a random page.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So LL spent so much QT with my dick tonight. My whole body was incredibly sensitive, and I was beyond blissed out. I could really feel her when she was on top. He's got chicken scratch handwriting, so. When she was on top and again in a totally different way when I was
0: problem with handwritten journals. Right. When I was what did I
3: read? Oh, okay. I could really feel her when she was on top and again in a totally different way when I was. We Mm. finished fast and Hard. And hard, and it felt
0: so <laughs> powerful. Nice. Oh, ooh, that's pretty. It's like a yeah. out of
1: a romance novel, <laughs> that's right there. Caleb,
0: what's your um, yours?
1: Yeah, is that gonna be like a haiku <laughs> from
0: Lavina?
2: Knowing we have a time limit before we split for a bit didn't really work for me today. I have been slowing down and wanted some of that time with Caleb physically. But quickie didn't feel in my vibe, so it took me some time to shift spaces. I love feeling caleb's body and skin-to-skin contact also love how much he loves dirty talk Mm,
1: ah so interesting thank you for reading
0: (laughs) those pages don't have to be super long entries just like enough to jot down what you're thinking
3: it's really like what you're feeling the most in that moment is the like most powerful thing for your partner to hear. all the stuff beyond that is sort of like your i don't know like loosely connected to
2: and and like that what we just read is like the jumping off point for the conversation yeah mm-hmm. so like that's the first thing that each of us wrote and then we like talk about what what we shared yeah. so that i mean like those really entries start the
3: convo.
2: those entries could spark a 20 minute conversation
3: we have a conversation and take notes like on, on the second um, page yeah so the whole thing is, can wow as little as like 10 minutes, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've had like very, very long discussions.
0: Got it. Fascinating. Well, thank you guys so much yeah. for sharing. This was super interesting. And for
1: people who want to get their hands on the sex journal, where can they go?
3: You can find us at a sexjournal.com and um at a sex journal on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.
1: Awesome. Fabulous.
3: Thank you guys
1: so much again for sharing your love life with us. I'm jealous for all the cosmic sex you've been having i will i will have out of this world sex very soon by journaling
0: <laughs> for anybody who's
1: interested for anybody who's interested in being a guest on our show we'd love to invite you on especially if it's something related to sex we want to talk about sex get us out of this sex drought it needs to stop so just contact us at datablepodcast.com. okay we're gonna wrap this up stay dateable Your action item for this week is to implement regular check-ins with either your partner or people you're dating. Make it a habit to communicate with the people in your life on what's working, what's not, and what could be improved. And part of that discussion could be what goes on in the bedroom. The more we can check in with the people we're involved with, the more we're able to get our needs met, as well as meet their needs. And wouldn't that just be a wonderful world? Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag stay dateable. Then head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes, as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Datable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.